Case number 421, journal entry of William Hogarth submitted to the Smithsonian, dated 1775, open to public 2011, recorded by Elroy Patel, researcher of the mind, University of London. Recording begins. Every time I tried to pin this down, I couldn't help but ask myself, why? Why did I decide to go down the garden? Why did I walk to Highgate? Why did I take that detour, that small walk, that same day? Or why did I notice those names? I could go on in several takes, stay in that loop of existential questions, but none of them would help me tell what exactly was happening. None would tell me what I really wanted to ask. Why did it seem like I knew all of them? I will begin with what I knew about myself, or at least the existence I thought I was a part of. I am William Hogarth, age 46. I had worked with the Pennsylvania Gazette for 16 years. Right. Inadequate with writing columns of weather reports and forced humor. Quit my job, started writing and selling my own journals. It was the latter which led me to meet these strangers who would later become an integral part of my life. I cannot say I remember all the experiences I've had here, naturally, but there are some memories which simply cling to your mind and stay with you for years to come. Like how my dear friend Harold Brown would twitch his eyebrow just a little every time he had a mischievous trick up his sleeve or the smell of fresh lilies that would assault my senses every time I'd visit Mary Shelby's home. I always believed I had led a simpleton's life. Nothing out of the ordinary of an American way of living. I had loving parents, a great home, a trusty mutt, that Martin, a job I was proud of. I had great friends, a woman I loved dearly, and everything was going quite smoothly. Which is why I am simply astonished that I had found myself in that grave, cold and confused at one in the morning. Why was I there, I don't remember and I cannot make sense of. I had no reason to be there. Everyone I loved was very much alive. Was I there to do some research for my next piece of writing? No. I was, I was focusing on the slave my neighbor Edward had recently purchased. Did I have an inclination to the dead? No, I was an ordinary man with ordinary tastes. I remember walking down the street. I remember opening the gate to the yard, hissing at the cold touch of the rusty metal. I felt like I was there, but not quite. Like when you are walking in your own dream, the rationality and control of the conscious is floating somewhere in the back of your mind. 
When I found myself awake and aware of my surroundings, I panicked and stumbled onto a few graves and as my eyes shifted from the soft grass to the names, I noticed I, I knew the woman. I knew her as you may know your own dear friend. As I looked down at the dates which screamed at me, I was confused as to why it did so. I knew the Mary Shelby it spoke of. Her name flashed scenes in my head of the moments we shared. I remembered walking down to the pond to sketch the birds with her. I knew the song smell of poppies that surrounded the linen she wore, her pale red hair she weaves with flowers her lover picked, and how jealous I was of Timothy, and how precious I deemed our moments to be. So even if the stone said she died in 1523, I believe this wasn't my Mary. As memories so vivid cannot be misinformed, they cannot be a construct so elaborately devised to deceive. But neither can be the truth in the stone. The more I walked, I searched around for the graves in the soft lighting of the lamps. I read those names. I... I shivered and stumbled, and I remember clearly how shaken I truly was. I read those names, and I proceeded to recall each one of them. Their lives and our shared moments swirled around in my head as vivid images and rolls of movements. I could remember the talks that we had, their favorite precedents, the war of the tribes, and... I was left with more questions. I knew every one of them. So why did it say they died in 1489, 1523? Who was I? I knew I couldn't get any answer for this. And I, I couldn't care more for solving this quandary than to know why I was still here. That night, I rushed back home hoping that maybe I'd wake up the next day and find myself laughing off with Mary to an odd dream I had. I checked my calendar, the newspapers lying on my table, and there it was, 4th June, 1761. The disarrayed papers on my table the next day confirmed the reality I experienced the previous night. And so I started to reach out to the families they belonged to. The McLaughlins, the Trents, the Browns, the Escaras, everyone I could get a hold of. Anyone who could strike a correspondence with me. Anyone who lived in a reachable area enough. But alas, most dried up and I could not wait longer for any answers to come to me. After endless days of searching, searching for answers, I found only one of them seemed to know something worthy. So, I'd exuded to go to Hartford to meet a Stephen Fisher, close friend of Harold's son, one I'd often seen making a mess out of Harold's home along with his son.
Mr. Stephen Fisher, father of two lovely daughters, living a retired life. So very different from the brat I knew and talked to just a couple weeks ago. Age 10, red plump cheeks, unruly hair and mud-stained, untucked shirt. When he first saw me, it took him a second to register what he was seeing. And he blurted out, Mr. Hogarth, you're alive? <laughs> I learned that my friend Harold had been dead for a long time. And that his son had recently passed away too. I'd learned that I had been missing and understandably assumed dead for a century and more. And I learned all of this from a man who easily looked a decade older than I did. While I recognized myself to be a devout Christian, it was only ever to hold on to a belief that would keep me grounded and fearful of the consequences of my actions. So naturally the presence of supposed oddities beyond our realm seemed silly to me. Stephen talked of Harold's madness, as the town folk called, when, when he told them that I had disappeared. It seems odd now, but the story seems faintly in my memory, opening the golden pages of the Shinsha no Show. The pages seem to be moving now, but I don't know why it denies me the clarity of this transition. Harold tried to tell everyone, my sweet wife Caroline and our daughter, whose name I cannot recall for the life of me. I. I can only imagine what poor Harold went through. At least he wasn't cast aside from the society as a loon, but from what Stevie tells me, he was thoroughly shaken. I just wish I could have seen him. Once more, just once more. But here I was. Being the very idea I found silly. An oddity, stuck in a timeline within a timeline. I do not know what I am. I do not know why this is happening. All I could deduce that I was stuck in a loop. When did it start? When did it end? And how many times have I relived this life time and time again? I do not know. Have I been aware of my situation in the previous lives like this before too? Ah, so many questions. It's funny how all it can take is one incident to approve everything you firmly believed in. Turn your noggin into a madhouse. I was slowly being driven to madness. Can people see me? Am I living a reality that others are? If I end my life, Will I die? I cannot concentrate on my canvases no more. Every time I paint or pick the mare brush up, I am struck by all these visions. Nay, 
memories memories of these fragments of vaguely colored but thoroughly lived lives maybe maybe i'll start with them paint the mist the murky cloudly lives i remember maybe my religion can offer something maybe i just maybe but alas you see i was desperate desperate for answers and the the thing with desperation is that you are willing to go any lengths for explanations for justifications and you believe anything that is thrown your way just to make sense of that haze my work eludes me and my soul searches heedlessly this has left me in a desperate search that i found myself seeking answers from godmen and churches and cults and anything else i could get my hands on hoping that this was not an architecture of my loop found myself perform all sorts of mumbo jumbo rituals and came to no conclusion i have come to the understanding that the pages come to me only when they wish that i cannot meddle in my previous timelines those existences must be forgotten and i will always find them somewhere in the middle but live like i had a forgotten half lived existence but the mysteries of such a book that can only be found when it wishes to be hasn't been listed in history the church's archives i found i recall a few incidences from the times of the ancient egyptians to the arabic traders each calling it something else but meaning the same the papyrus of truth kitab al-mawata shinshano sho all all of them pointing to these mysterious beings existences that uh, tangle with the web of life itself i do not know what forces i played with to land here i am writing this hoping this reaches the other side hoping that some day someone will pull me out of this mess recording ends a fascinating account from a famous painter from well the 1700s I was surprised to see that Mr Hogarth's own research in the matter stands accurate. The instances and books he mentioned record various similar but less lucid incidences. But most medical journals classify this as a disease, either of false memories or of a mistaken death. Some named it the Cotard syndrome. The only recent case I could find pointed of a demented old man Jimmy G who seemed to have been stuck in the memories of his 19-year-old self making that his present. When I initially stumbled upon this archive I thought this was a similar case but 
now I am not so sure of what's happening here. No matter how hard I try, I cannot seem to make sense of this. We looked up the records and actually found a Stevie Fisher and his friend Robert Brown, son of Harold Brown. That's as far as the records will go. It's hard to find any written records from such a long forgotten time. The only oddity in this case that remains is that despite being a famous painter, I could find no confirmation of death of Mr. Hogarth. Nor a death certificate of any such confirmation of the sort. It does strike me as odd, but for now, science has to do the job of answering this odd story. May the souls of the poor and the wicked alike rest in peace.